0: Hello everyone, my name is Mitchell Rice. I'm a volunteer here at the chapel and I attend the Sandusky campus. Today, we will be reading from Ruth chapter 3, the entire chapter. One day, Naomi said to Ruth, My daughter, it's time that I found a permanent home for you so that you will be provided for. Boaz is a close relative of ours and he's been very kind by letting you gather grain with his young women. "'Tonight he will be winnowing barley at the threshing floor. "'Now do as I tell you. "'Take a bath and put on perfume and dress in your nicest clothes. "'Then go to the threshing floor, "'but don't let Boaz see you until he has finished eating and drinking. "'Be sure to notice when he lies down, "'then go and uncover his feet and lie down there. "'He will tell you what to do.' "'I will do everything you say,' Ruth replied. So she went down to the threshing floor that night and followed the instructions of her mother-in-law. After Boaz had finished eating and drinking and was in good spirits, he lay down at the far end of the pile of grain and went to sleep. Then Ruth came quietly, uncovered his feet, and lay down. Around midnight, Boaz suddenly woke up and turned over. He was surprised to find a woman lying at his feet. "'Who are you?' he asked. "'I am your servant, Ruth,' she replied spread the corner of your covering over me for you are my family redeemer the lord bless you my daughter boaz exclaimed you are showing even more family loyalty now than you did before for you have not gone after a younger man whether rich or poor now don't worry about a thing my daughter i will do what is necessary for everyone in town knows you are a virtuous woman but while it's true that i am one of your family redeemers There is another man who is more closely related to you than I am. Stay here tonight, and in the morning I will talk to him. If he is willing to redeem you, very well. Let him marry you. But if he is not willing, then as surely as the Lord lives, I will redeem you myself. Now lie down here until morning. So Ruth lay at Boaz's feet until the morning, but she got up before it was light enough for people to recognize each other. For Boaz had said, no one must know that a woman was here at the threshing floor. Then Boaz said to her, bring your cloak and spread it out. He measured six scoops of barley into the cloak and placed it on her back. Then he returned to the town. When Ruth went back to her mother-in-law, Naomi asked, what happened, my daughter? Ruth told Naomi everything Boaz had done for her. And she added, he gave these six scoops of barley and said, don't go back to your mother-in-law, empty-handed. Then Naomi said to her, just be patient, my daughter, until we hear what happens. The man won't rest until he has settled things today.
1: Thank you, Mitchell, for reading for us. Uh, he's a good friend and also a neighbor, so it's good to have him part of the service and good to have you part of this service as well as we get into Ruth chapter 3. I hope you're uh, having a chance at home to read through the book of Ruth. It's only four chapters long. And it's such an important book in the Old Testament, it really helps take us to the gospel, and that will become clear in a couple weeks. So, Ruth chapter 3 today, uh, before we look at it together, let me start this way and say that already today, you've been a risk taker. Uh, when you got out of bed, you were trusting the, the floor would be there for you. <clears throat> you took a risk, standing on the floor and even driving here, you took a risk, believing the car would get you here without breaking down. Sitting in your chair, you took a risk, trusting the chair would hold you up and not collapse under you. This past Wednesday, a good friend of mine called me, and he's a, just a veteran pilot. He's flown all over the world. And he said, would you like to go up? And I dropped everything. I said, sure. And so I got into, I think, might be the smallest plane in the world. He was here, and I was here. And we flew up and down the coast, and he was so confident, and I just felt like I was taking a risk. It was really something. He let me fly it for a while. That was the risky part. You know, in the Bible, it's just abundantly clear that as believers in God, we are to obey God. We are to do, we are to do whatever he says. Sometimes that requires taking risk. Um, stepping out of a comfort zone, that can be hard. Possibly losing friends. Possibly being ridiculed for the decisions we make, doing what God says. Even Jesus said that when you follow me, you will will pay a cost. To be a Christ follower, we are risk takers. That's what Christ followers take on. Now, we're going to get to chapter 3 in just a moment and this whole theme of risk and obedience. Um, But first, let me catch us up where we've been over the last few weeks. Maybe you've been here, maybe not. So in week one, we did, I think, the first nine verses or so in chapter one. That's where we learned there was a famine in the land of Bethlehem, Judah. And so Elimelech, this guy, Elimelech and his wife Naomi, they take their two sons and move to a place called Moab because there's food there. Now, Moab was a place where there was a lot of idol worship God was not there. They left God to find food. While they're there, Elimelech dies, leaving Naomi as a widow. And she has a daughter-in-law named Ruth, and they become close. And Ruth says she's going to stay with Naomi. Naomi makes the decision to go back to Judah. She realizes living in Moab is a mistake. God's grace is always the last word. She moves back to Judah. The second week... We learned what a lament is. We don't use a term like that very often, <clears throat> but it means to take our sorrows to God. And the, the name Naomi means sweet, but she says, call me Mara because it means bitter. I'm a bitter woman. And she was very open about her struggles. She lived in the tension between her troubles and her trust in God. That's what a person who laments does. They, 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 they're real and honest about their troubles, but they still trust in God. And Looking on is her daughter-in-law Ruth, who's from Moab, and Ruth becomes a believer in Naomi's God. Last week, <clears throat> we, uh, we found Naomi and Ruth back in their hometown, Bethlehem, Judah, and um, there's, some har- there's some food there now, but they don't have any. They're two widows who are really in a desperate situation, so Ruth goes out to the farmlands and she starts picking up grain that the harvesters have left behind on the ground. And this man by the name of Boaz, who is now featured in this story, he sees Ruth. And he, he decides to be very kind and generous to Ruth and to her mother-in-law, Naomi, and gives them plenty of food. As it turns out, Boaz is what's called a kinsman redeemer or a family redeemer who is in charge of helping any family members who are in danger or in need. And that is Naomi and Ruth. All right, That brings us to chapter 3 today. And what we're going to start with is Naomi's wonderful plan for Ruth's life. And this is how it begins. One day, Naomi said to Ruth, my daughter, it's time that I found a permanent home for you so that you will be provided for. Now, um, This is uh, remarkable because Naomi called me Mara because it means bitter. Now she's taking the focus off of herself and starting to think about Ruth and what's best for Ruth. And she says, it's time that I found a permanent home for you. That means that I find you rest. I find you a husband. Find you a home. That's Naomi's plan for Ruth. And here's how it goes. Boaz is a rel- close relative. Now, when we see close relative, that means kinsman-redeemer. I'll remind us in a moment what that means. Boaz is a close relative of ours, and he's been very kind by letting you gather grain with his young women. Close relative, kinsman-redeemer, or family-redeemer, is a male relative who had the responsibility to help a relative in need or danger. Naomi and Ruth are in need, and they are in danger. The story goes on tonight... Boaz will be winnowing barley at the threshing floor. Now do as I tell you. Take a bath and put on perfume and dress in your nicest clothes. Then go to the threshing floor, but don't let Boaz seize you until he has finished eating and drinking. Be sure to notice where he lies down. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down there. He will tell you what to do. Now, so far it sounds like the start of a steamy romantic soap opera, right? Right? What will Boaz do? What will Ruth do? Tune in tomorrow. What we're going to see in the rest of this chapter is that Ruth and Boaz individually take risks of obedience. They are risk takers. Risks of obedience. Which then, by the time we get to the end of the story, tune in two weeks from now, we'll see that God takes these individual steps of obedience and carries it out into a much bigger plan that neither Ruth or Boaz understand at this time. Um, So, let's uh, let's take a look at Ruth's risk of obedience, all right? This is, let let me just back up, and, and what Naomi said to Ruth was that she should go to the threshing floor. Let me just explain what that is for a moment. Uh, you probably know a threshing floor is where they where they would bring the harvest. In this case, barley, and they would winnow it. That is, they, they would throw it up in the air. You know, after uh, working in the hot under the hot sun. Uh, they'd wait for the evening breeze to come along, and the breeze, when the, when the harvest is thrown up in the air, the breeze would th- blow the chaff away, and the seed would fall to the ground, and the seed would make a pile, and then whoever's doing the winnowing, the threshing, in this case, Boaz, they'd, they'd sleep next to their pile of grain, protect it through the night, and then the next day, they would take it to market or take it home. So, Naomi says to Ruth, get ready, make yourself look nice, and tonight, Go find Boaz at the threshing floor. Find out where he's sleeping. Uncover his feet and lie down there. Hmm. So, this is what happens. I will do everything you say, Ruth replied. So she went down to the threshing floor that night and followed the, instructor, the instructions of her mother-in-law. I, that's, that's, that's quite a spirit of... Willingness, a spirit of obedience, isn't it? I will do everything you say. The question I have is, why would Ruth be willing to do everything Naomi says? I'll tell you why. Because she knew Naomi's heart. She knew Naomi was for her. She had spent time with Naomi. Naomi had loved Ruth, her daughter-in-law, had shown compassion to Ruth, her daughter-in-law. Naomi had openly lamented in front of Ruth. Naomi had openly shared her belief in God in front of Ruth. She had spent time with Ruth. Naomi's heart clearly was for Ruth, and Ruth knew that, and therefore she could trust Naomi's heart. And that led her to do whatever Naomi said. But but where is the risk in all this for Ruth? I will do what, everything you say, but what's the risk? The risk is that she is from Moab. Now, later on, we'll see that she was considered to be a person of character in the community, but she was one, one slip away from falling into the legacy of the Moabite women. I'll talk a little bit more about that in a few moments, but everybody in town knows about Moabite women. And she could easily bring him down and start the gossip in the community, start the chattering in the community. That's one risk that Ruth took. Another risk is she didn't know Boaz that well. I mean, in chapter 2, we saw him in the field being kind and generous, but here we are now in the middle of the night, and she's all dolled up, and what's Boaz going to do? Take advantage of her, or will he be a man of character? And and what will happen to Naomi's plan? What if? What about? All of those things. The story continues. After Boaz had finished eating and drinking and was in good spirits, he lay down at the far end of the pile of grain and went to sleep. Then Ruth came quietly, uncovered his feet, and lay down. Around midnight, Boaz suddenly woke up and turned over. He was surprised to find a woman lying at his feet. "'Who are you?' he asked. "'I am your servant, Ruth,' she replied." Spread the corner of your covering over me, for you are my family redeemer. You are my my kinsman redeemer. He was shocked. And this story feels shady. It feels like rather seductive. But there's there's some cultural relevance to this. Uh, There's a commentary that helps us understand what's going on. Instead of leaving the situation dangerously ambiguous as a woman of character, Ruth wanted to make her intentions clear right from the outset. Her goal was a commitment to marriage, not a single night of passion. In the ancient world, such a commitment was symbolized by the gesture of covering someone with the corner of one's robe, roughly equivalent to the giving of an engagement ring in our culture. So there, were, there was some cultural meaning behind this. It was, a, a cultural, it, was in the, it was within the bounds of cultural appropriateness, but still... Ruth was taking a risk based upon who she was as a Moabite woman, not knowing Boaz that well. So, that's Ruth's risk. Let's talk about Boaz's risk of obedience. But before we talk about his risk, let me just address his character because this is a big part of the story. Um, He responds, The Lord bless you, my daughter. Again, he's lying there asleep, and all of a sudden this woman who is looking all nice, shows up next to him. The Lord bless you. He doesn't say, hey, welcome to my crib, baby. <laughs> I don't know what they said back in those days. <laughs> this, is a, this is a very endearing greeting. This is a greeting of respect, a greeting of dignity. Dignity. This is a sign that Boaz was a person of character. Have you ever noticed, you know, in the, in, the, in the Hebrew Bible, just before Ruth comes the book of Proverbs. And the book of Proverbs is the book of wisdom. And there's, I think we could, we could show this in the book of Proverbs, that, that a mark of wisdom is that a person of character, a person of strong moral fiber, has an antenna for other people with high character and strong moral fiber and tends to attract that kind of person. And that's what we see happening here with Boaz as he's with Ruth. And this is what he says. You, Ruth, are showing even more family loyalty now than you did before, for you have not gone after a younger man, whether rich or poor. Now don't worry about a thing, my daughter. I will do what is necessary, for everyone in town knows you are a virtuous woman. Now, what we're going to learn is that not only is Boaz a person of character, but so is Ruth. And take a look at the, the, the words, virtuous woman. I just mentioned a moment ago that in the Hebrew Bible, uh, even though it has all the contents of our Old Testament, in the Hebrew Bible, uh, the, the, the books are ordered a little bit differently. So in the Hebrew Bible, just before Ruth comes the book of Proverbs. There are 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs, and many of you know that the 31st chapter in the book of Proverbs is about the woman of wisdom. The woman of wisdom. Long ago, before I was married, I had a group of Christian buddies, and we would we really wanted to we wanted each other, and I wanted to marry a a, a woman who loved God, and we would often say, "I want to marry a Proverbs 31 woman, a woman of wisdom." And I ended up marrying a woman of wisdom, and I'm grateful. That entire chapter is, all, almost the entire chapter, is all about what a woman of wisdom looks like. In fact, the chapter ends with this. Charm is deceitful, beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, who loves God, is to be praised. But if you look at the beginning of the section on the Proverbs woman, the woman of wisdom, there is a question. It's in chapter 31, verse 10. And the question is this. Who can find a virtuous woman? Who can find a noble woman, a woman of character? Those words are used. Who can? Then you come to the very next book, the book of Ruth, chapter 3, verse 11. Who can find a virtuous woman? Boaz has found a virtuous woman. A man of character has found a woman of character. Just a little bit more on Boaz's character, then we'll get to the risk of obedience that he took. But while it's true that I am one of your family redeemers, there is another man who is more closely related to you than I am. Boaz knew he was a kinsman redeemer, but there was a a line of family members who could be kinsman redeemers, and there was one person in front of him, and he knew it was proper and right to give that person first dibs in becoming Ruth's wife and taking care of Ruth and, and Naomi. Here tonight, and in the morning, I will talk to him. If he is willing to redeem you, very well, let him marry you. But if he is not willing, then as surely as the Lord lives, I will redeem you myself. Now lie down here until morning. So you get a sense from Boaz. He, this is a man who wants to do things right. He's a man of character. But where is the risk? Where is the risk of obedience that Boaz has taken? Ruth has taken a risk of obedience just in showing up. What about Boaz? What's his risk here? Well, for one thing, she's dramatically younger than Boaz. Um, That's a big thing in our culture, maybe not as much back then. Uh, This is just a sidebar story here, which doesn't, this won't help us understand the risk of obedience, but it's a fun story to tell. I've always looked for some way, some place to tell this story. when uh, I was a younger Christian, there was a man named Wayne who became a mentor of mine to help me understand the Bible and just what it meant to be a Christian. He was about 35 years older than I. He's passed along now. But he, uh, and he ended up actually standing up in our wedding. He was such a, a great friend and mentor to me. But he was married to a woman by the name of Carol who was about 25 years or more younger than he. And I was always amazed how they made this work, maybe even more than 25 years. And so one time I said, Wayne, help me understand how you got Carol to marry you. <laughs> what, what was the? What, how did you propose to her? He said, well, that was pretty easy. We, we, we both love scripture. And so one day I just took a blank card and I wrote in it, Boaz wasn't too old for Ruth. <laughs> and she said, yes. That's it. Isn't that a great story? It has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. It, 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 point, it, points, it points to the character of Boaz. It points to the character of Ruth. And it, in a sense, it points to the risk he was willing to take. But that, the age thing is nothing, nothing compared to who Ruth was. All of the Israelites in that community, all of them, would have known what it said in the Torah. You know, the Torah are the first five books of the Old Testament. One of those books is the book of Numbers. And in Numbers chapter 25, right out of the gate, it talks about how the Moabite women led the Israelite men astray into sexual immorality and away from God. And it was a big thing. And that story carried down through the ages. And now people in the community had to have been wondering, what is Boaz thinking, hanging out? with a Moabite woman? Really? Do you not know the story? Do you not know the danger of what could happen? One commentary says it like this: Taking on a Moabite wife would probably have at least socially have been at least socially awkward, if not worse, a man might end up as a social outcast spurned by decent society. Clearly, Boaz was taking a risk. But why? Why would he take a risk? Just as Ruth knew the heart of Naomi and Naomi's heart for God, here Boaz knows the heart of God. Uh, Let me give you several several ways I I think that's true. Uh, One is that he's willing to be the kinsman redeemer. He's willing to do what's right for the family. And If you read through God's word, God has a big heart for the family, just like you have a big heart for family. Also, Boaz was willing to help a foreigner. I, this is getting kind of Old Testament nerdy on you, but if you go into Leviticus, the third book into the Old Testament, in chapter 19, verses 33 and 34, what does it say? Does anybody know? It's a pretty obscure thing, but it's, it's important. It says, if a, if, a, if a foreigner comes into your land, speaking to the Israelites, if a foreigner comes into your land treat them as one of your native-born. That's why we try to uh, do so well at treating the J-1 visa uh, international students who come into our area. We try to, to befriend them and to treat them as one of our own. It's foreigners coming into our land. That's what God... And so Boaz knew God's heart for the foreigner of which Ruth was one. She was a Moabite. So he wanted to take care of family. He wanted to take care of this foreigner. But also she was a widow as was Naomi, and it's threaded throughout Scripture, God's heart for widows and concern for widows. So so Boaz simply understood God's heart. That's why he was willing to take the risk of obedience. And so, now we've got this story of Ruth, and we've got Boaz, both taking risks of obedience, and that's important. They take these steps of obedience, and we will find out by the end of the book that God now takes these risks, these steps, and carries them into a much bigger plan that Ruth and Boaz don't understand at the moment. Now let's talk about us. You are at a point in your life, at a point in the chapter of your life, and you don't know how the chapter is going to end. You're in the story of your life, and you don't know how the story is going to end. But at this point in your life, and I'm talking to myself too, God gives us opportunities to obey, to take risks of obedience, steps of obedience. And the question is, do we understand how those individual risks, those steps we take, could lead to God carrying out a much bigger plan in our lives that he would not otherwise? Let me ask just a few questions. We'll close with this what risk of obedience is god asking me to take there's another question what does complete obedience to god mean for me right now sometimes we 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 think in, of obedience in terms of the really big things like is god asking me to be a missionary somewhere in the world or to go into vocational ministry or to give all my money to the poor you know th- those are big things which rarely happen to us it's the little little things like, what about driving the speed limit, talking to me? What, 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 about, what about saying no to the job and yes to family? What about saying no to another home project and say, yes, I'm going to take some of that money and help somebody who's in need? What about, what about living separately until we get married? What about getting off the sidelines at church and finding a way to serve in a way that's in, in alignment with my gifts and abilities and skills? What about getting into a small group of people here at church so I can have some accountability in my life? What about telling my friend, my neighbor, my coworker about my faith in Jesus instead of keeping it hidden, finally telling them about my faith journey in Christ? And we could go on and on and on because we're all so different. But God brings into our lives all kinds of opportunities to obey, to take risks. But why would I take that risk? In a sense, the same reason that that Ruth took the risk, she knew Naomi's heart, Naomi's heart for God. The same reason Boaz took a risk, because he knew God's heart. Why would I take a risk? Why would I take a risk of obedience? Why would I pay attention? Because we know the heart of Jesus for us who came and gave himself for us that we might have life in Christ and be brought into God's family. And now, as an expression of gratitude and thankfulness, I obey. We blow it all the time, don't we? I do. I try to obey. I blow it. but We confess our sins and we, we move forward, but we don't give up. Out of gratitude, we obey. Years ago, I learned a, a verse, and I committed it to memory at one point, I didn't memorize this particular version, but I want to show you the verse. It's, uh, and it's to answer the question, what rewards might Jesus have waiting on the other side of my obedience? The verse goes like this. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me, and because they love me, my Father will love me, and I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. What is the reward we get? Sometimes we think about obedience in terms of like, what does God want from me? What if we turn that around and say, what does God want for me? And here we see it. He wants to reveal more of himself to us. And who doesn't want that? The very first, we'll close with this. The, the, the very first miracle, remember what that was? Turning water to wine. And Jesus' mother recognizes that they're out of wine. And so, and Jesus, he's going to, he's going to do a miracle. And Jesus' or Jesus's mother, Mary, looks at the disciples and, and all she says is this. Do whatever he tells you. (laughs) I mean, she's his mom, right? She's been around him. I'm I'm just telling you, do whatever he tells you to do. And as a result, they get to see this first miracle. They get to see Jesus in a brand new light. They get to experience the deity of Christ. Isn't that something? Ruth and Boaz didn't know what would happen at the end. But they took those individual risks of obedience, believing it was the right thing to do. The disciples, they did whatever Jesus told them to do, and they got to experience Christ in a brand new way. And today and this week, we will have opportunities to take risks of obedience, steps of obedience. I don't know what it'll be for you, what it'll be for me, but wouldn't wouldn't it be cool to be able to experience God in a brand new way? And also to be confident that God is now able to take those individual steps, those risks of obedience, and carry out a much bigger plan in our lives that he wouldn't otherwise. Let's pray. God, now thank you for your word written to us. And uh, boy, uh, obedience is a big subject. But thank you for the examples of Ruth and Boaz. And thank you for how... Uh, you are weaving together these risks, these steps to do something much bigger. God, would you give us the, the confidence that you want to do the same thing in our lives. Give us hearts of obedience, hearts to do, to follow your will. Thank you, God. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for this time to worship. Um, we, we are grateful in Jesus' name. Amen.